I am unashamed. What about you? I think a lot of our listeners, they don't realize what happens in the 30 seconds before we start. <laughs> we were just fixed to start talking about that. Just like, hey, hang on, hang on. I, I clean those ducks. I got to protect them from the neighbor's dogs. <laughs> yeah. You know, we live in a place where you don't want to clean something you're going to eat and just leave it. You don't want to drop guts anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I'm sure people struggle with that all over America. You know, for some reason, I just saw that on a bumper sticker, and I thought, <laughs> we don't want to drop guts everywhere. Where's that? Where there's a dead carcass, the vultures will gather. <laughs> it's like Phil today, when we were coming back from duck hunting, I, he said, what are you doing? Because we pulled up beside each other. I said, I'm looking for my chainsaw, because before daylight, yeah. I had cut some brush, but I had so much stuff in my wheeler that by the time I got the brush in there, I had to lose something. I just couldn't get it, and I was by myself. They would all took off, you know, hurry up and go My out there. exact words were a brand-new chainsaw. I said, it was a bold move. Yeah, it feels but like I said, I said, what am I talking about? We're behind the locked gate. I said, you know, the odds are well, with Well, that's you. what I thought, but I thought. I, I had it somewhat hid because I couldn't find it. It wouldn't have been noticeable unless somebody no. was just looking in the weeds. I thought I did good in did. the dark to hide something. On a road that if you were driving by, you wouldn't notice. Because a, a redneck's got a nose for a chainsaw. Oh, it's like boy. a chain. We it's, talked about that. It's in the top five of most stolen things. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I, I walked by Missy and Mia last night. They were watching a movie, and there was some yuppie guy talking, obvious. I mean, they're watching a movie. Yeah. But it was he was saying, yeah, I'll, I'll bring my chainsaw. He was trying to get a date with this woman. I wasn't watching it. I just heard it. And he said, I can bring my chainsaw and, and cut some of the branches, you know, out in the outer edge of your yard. The way he said it, I said, hey, he's never turned on a chainsaw in his life. And whoever wrote that and, and, never had and, either. And Missy said, what? She pushed pause. I said, that dude is not a good actor. He, he doesn't do chainsaws. <laughs> oh. I, I got it offended you, didn't it? Yeah, I, I was offended. It's probably a I Hallmark movie. You, you can't find a redneck and give him a token chainsaw roll on a movie? <laughs> no, we can't do that. No, no, there's no rednecks on Hallmark days or whatever they were watching. No. I can promise you that. I forgot what we were talking about, but I just thought it was funny that Phil took off running to save the ducks that he cleaned, which would be bad. You go out there and there's, you know, couple of leg bones yeah because <laughs> there's a bunch of dogs oh and they are they pit bulls is that what they are this one of them is i think there's two or they three tend of them. to be friendly enough but uh, if you put some freshly picked ducks it's, it's they, especially ones we're supposed to eat you know yeah i don't trust the dogs walk around i don't that. do dogs that come up and growl and attack i i just go right at them yeah i just say Let, let's end this now <laughs> and and that usually you know it's like my neighbor's dog uh willie's i guess adopted daughter yeah they have a a bulldog that bites everybody and when i came every time i go by because i go fishing in willie's pond and willie's got a golf course so i'm playing that he came out he said he, i don't understand why this dog loves you so much of course i didn't want to tell him why <laughs> Because <laughs> people, oh no, you were mean to that dog. That dog was fixed to bite me. So, and, so, so you and the dog, there was never a failure to communicate. No, he he come running at me with teeth out, and I went running at him with teeth out, and we met, and we have been best friends ever since. That dog follows me along, and now he protects me. Yeah. So now he bites people that try to get it. I you. just we just hit. Yeah. I hit him. We, I just, he was running toward me, and I was yeah. running him. It's called communication. <laughs> he weighs 10 pounds. I weigh 170. I won. <laughs> and now there's a, there's a love and respect there. Cause, you love know. and respect. But, I mean, you can't be like my son, Cole. I chewed him out and sat him down. He, he just graduated college. He come in there. He was bandaging up his ankle. I said, what happened? He said, that, that dog bit me. I said, what did you do when the dog came at you? He said, I ran. Yep. I said, 
Evidently not fast enough. <laughs> no, because uh, if you get in a race with a dog, you're probably going to lose. You're going to lose the yeah. dog bit. So what you're trying to say, Jace, is the dog was having a field day until he ran up on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we moved to Austin, you know, and these two dogs, next door neighbors, they, they tried that. But these yuppie dogs, they're not like down here. I, as soon as they come barking at me, I started barking, running at them. I just took it. Look, they looked at me and, and, and ran back into that house and went through that little doggy door. They went through that doggy door. I've never seen them again. I said, oh, You just okay. scared them. I said, Boy, these yuppie dogs, they easy. Well, yeah. they looked at you yeah. and thought some homeless guy's chasing us in the neighborhood. Of course, That's I what... came in and Missy said, Was that you barking outside? I said, Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they're, they're stupid. <laughs> they're stupid dogs were barking at me. I wish somebody would got that on camera. And she said, it. "Do you realize now that every neighbor thinks that we're I crazy?" Jace, I hope you don't ever run into a trained police dog. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. right. That may not work. <laughs> I'm just saying, a man has to know his limitations. I'm not going to take any lip off a dog. I don't think there's a dog in this world that can whip me. Ooh, Jace, that's yeah. a statement. But I, I just know one thing. Dogs know. When you come at them with confidence, most of the time you don't yeah. have to do anything. They say, don't fool with him. They then do they'll sense, be your friend. They do sense the fear. Yeah. I, I don't have any fear. I remember we were living in that trailer park up in Farmville years ago before we moved down here. And there was a deputy sheriff that lived about four or five trailers down. <clears throat> and he had, a, he had one of them German shepherds, and he had him hooked to a clothesline in front, by the side of his trailer. We were up there playing. Jace, you may have been there. I mean, we were little. But he, he came up there, and, and you know, he said, now I'm fixing to leave. You see that dog down there hooked to that thing? Do not mess with that dog. Don't go anywhere near it. Y'all understand me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He leaves. Well, of course, when there's a bunch of kids, boys especially, and you say don't do something, mm-hmm. then we sat there for a while looking down there, and everybody wanted to go down there and see what the deal was with that dog. I mean, it's just it's human nature. I guess. Bad thinking. Bad thinking. So I was the leader of the outfit, so I went in there. So I went up to him, and he's just sitting there, you know, looking calm. He didn't bark. He didn't move. He just sat there. And so I got a little closer and got a little closer, but I was ready to run, you know, at any time. And when I reached my hand out to p- touch him on the head, he came to life. I mean, teeth. Al, you went about that completely wrong. <laughs> so, look, I, I took off running. Problem was, I should have ran straight away, but I was running down the clothesline. Well, he was just right, just just about to grab me, and I heard him go, Wheep! when he got to the end of that clothesline, you know. Oh, yeah. You put, better be glad it was there. Oh, it was, look, I kept running. I ran for a half a mile. But I that's mean, I heard, my point. Uh, if you if you're the aggressor, oh, they, I know they'll back down. Well, I just saying it was this well, dog. Just so was, you'll know, I thought I, I you know, what little ra- raising you would get at the time, but I thought I raised you smarter than that. Well, well like Jay said, at that era, Dad, you weren't exactly around a lot, so no. that's what you you had to learn a few lessons yourself. I tell you what, I never approached another police dog or anything else. That's right. Well, I've that had matter. a few missteps in my in my idea. I mean, one night. I let my dog out. Missy was in Austin, so I was by myself. I let my dog out. Well, he took off, and I heard screaming and barking. And Well, I thought it was another dog. So I took off running, but I'm running alongside the pool, but it's at night. And so, you know, I don't ever – if you see me in the pool, I fell in, <laughs> which is what happened. <laughs> you because, well, Missy had these – what do you call them? Uh, like pool – Lounge chairs, because yep. they, they sit low. Yeah. Well, I didn't see that thing. <laughs> and I'm running wide open, because I'm like, you're not going to come in my yard, and there, there's a dog, wild dog in my in my yard is what I thought. Man, I hit that thing, caught me in the knees, <laughs> and I just did a flip, bounced on the, where the, around the pool, and then just went in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so then my dog jumped in the pool with me. I guess he thought, oh, it's pool time. <laughs> So I, I get out, look, and it was a possum. So, you know, I did all that for, for nothing. I went in there, and I'm bleeding, you know. And, was the water cold? Was this yeah, like, it was cold. <laughs> what do you think? So, oh, so I called goodness. Missy. I said, well, I just fell in the pool. I was chasing a possum. 
<laughs> the way that said, I didn't mean to say it like that, yeah. but I meant I thought it was a dog. I, you know, I thought they were going to get in a fight. I was trying to protect the dogs. And, See, you know, the, the Jason's story is that. So most people, like you look out, you you hear something, you know, most people, me and you, you're looking out the window, kind of gauging what's going on. Jace just runs straight into whatever. I mean, just yeah. he talks about with the dogs, everything. He's just a get right in there and find out what's going on. That's a, that's an aggressive oh, way to I live. Life. Well, I run with the dogs every evening about dark. Yeah, I told what, you that. You before. told us that before. So I like it because all the sophisticated yuppie neighbors that we have, which are some, yep. that we have, you know, Willie's in-laws that and i like it when they see me doing that because it just they just say just leave him alone he's too funny <laughs> i came running by johnny the other night <laughs> what johnny did he's like good garden see what are you running after i said oh we're just running <laughs> so i had your next door neighbor's boys over to my house yesterday so i called them up and said hey y'all ready to earn a little money because i got a little job and normally when I have a job like that, I say I want strong backs and weak minds. Yeah. Because, you know, you just, I need some, some girl, I need somebody to get up and down the steps. Grunts. Grunts. But them two are such little geniuses and they're super nice. These boys are the nicest young men I've ever met in life. Aren't they? I mean, they just oh, are mannered. Yeah. Oh. The Bowles boys. They're, hey, those boys are teenagers. They're. I'm I'm probably I probably have ten percent of the intellect that those boys need. So when they walked up I said, Well boys, normally I say I need a couple of strong backs and weak minds, but with you two, I can't say that because your minds aren't weak. And they both laughed and they said, Well, we we don't do the strong back today. You know, they're just like super nice by what they did. Well then they get up there, so I had them unloading all my Christmas stuff out of the attic. And what normally takes me and Lisa half a day, and I'm stove up for two days from doing it. They did it in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I gave them two things. I gave them a bottle of water, which they were more excited about the bottle of water, and then I gave them a $20 bill, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for 30 minutes work. But the reason I did that is because from now on, that's who I call for that job, both yeah. the put-up yeah. and the take-down. Both so I their get, parents uh, are lawyers. They're both yeah. attorneys, yeah. Well, I so, gave there them. There you go. And look, s- they're from the ones from California, which you, you mentioned him the other day. Yeah. And I told him yesterday, I said, I said, Debo, I said, you glad you ain't in California anymore? He said, oh, brother, I am. I get yeah. down on my knees and thank the Lord every day for being able to live in Louisiana and get out of that hell hole. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones I gave them when they moved in next to me. I caught them a bunch of white perch, and I, and I cleaned them. I said, now here, we, to show you that we love our neighbors, right. I'm giving you the best thing that I got. I said, I possess a certain set of skills where I can go catch crappie and clean them, prepare them for you, and I'm going to give you a, a meal. And he's like, well, we, we've never eaten. What would you call it, a crappie? I said, oh, this is. So then I gave him the recipe. And when they, the next day I saw him, he said, that was the greatest gift of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I thought he was going to say. Well, it ain't saying much for California, that's for sure. No, I was like, boy, you give him some fresh, you know, clean crop. That little one, he's just like the other two. He's, he told me he was seven yesterday. And I said, Ben, I said, man, you're growing up. And I said, I said, but you're the only one that's a Louisiana boy. He said, uh, Mr. Robertson, actually, I am a Californian because I was born in San Diego. Uh, and I know I was only there three yeah. months, but I still consider myself a Californian. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, who's so a seven-year-old kid talks You know, about. that's when they had that, that show, you know, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yeah. I told Missy, I said, I'm not, because at the time that I saw this, that kid was five. Yeah. I said, I'm not as smart as a kindergartner because he lives next door. <laughs> well, just right right, right prior to World War II ending, uh, I was conceived in California. Oh, that's right. And really? my, my mama carried me around on California soil for most of the gestation period yeah. before they, the war was over and I was born in 46. Did you ever feel the homing beacon of wanting to go back to the home, the no, motherland? No, but, but it, it marked me. <laughs> <laughs> because I was on California soil, and that's 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 why I had a troublesome. I've had some troubles in my life. <laughs> it took you thirty years to get over that. You never get over this California crap. I'll say this. Though. Hey, wait, let's take a break. 
So we enjoy our Black Rifle coffee uh, that we drink on set here. It's really good. And uh, another thing we really love about this company is we've talked about it before. Uh, these guys are veterans that started it. Um, and they donate. They have, they've donated over 45,000 pounds of coffee. That's over a million cups of coffee to soldiers who are overseas or to law enforcement officers or also firefighters. So basically, in you buy a pound of coffee, and they're going to donate a, that equal amount to either a first responder, a veteran, you it's know, a military great person. thing to do. It's an awesome thing to do. So just to let you know, if you anything you buy in the month of November, it's almost over. We've still got a little more time. It can be delivered by Christmas morning. So buy a bag, give a bag. This is a great thing to do to support our veterans. So here's what you do. You go to Black Rifle Coffee. Altogether, blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. Uh, not only do you check out the freshest coffee, but also you're going to get an opportunity to help other people. So blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. You get 20% off your coffee, apparel, gear, as well as your first month of the coffee club, which we're all members of, because then you get it every month. So blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. I've said this before. There are some really good North California people. We, oh, I, well, we, we duck hunted out there. We ran with them, and I was like, I didn't know there were rednecks in California. Because, you know, yeah. we sold a lot of calls out back in the day. Yeah, a lot yeah. of you know, calls. You would go out to Chico. Remember Chico? That's there? some of the best duck hunting we ever ran up on. Awesome. Really Pintails yeah. everywhere. I mean, you all remember the we went to that town, and they had like a hayride, and oh, we were, yeah. you stood on the back of a trailer and spoke, yeah. and the whole town came Modesto. Out and, is that where we were? Modesto, California. Yep, they had yep. big hay bales up yep. in the city square. Yep. And I got up on the hay bales and preached the gospel to them, and we went duck hunting, you know. I thought that's when, that was about, when was that time frame? Oh, that would have been 80s, the 80s. Yeah, but can 80s. you imagine some of those people coming from the cities just driving by, seeing that, thinking, what in the world? <laughs> They yeah. were strong, conservative minds. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you and I went about five years ago. We spoke in Bakersfield, California. It was some of the finest people we've ever met. I That's mean, right. It was, they were amazing. And, yep. And so I feel bad for them because I feel like they're just trapped in Boy. this, like, terrible. Well, it makes me mad when people start attacking, which we've documented that well. When they're attacking people singing to God and using the coronavirus as a way Man. to stop that. I mean, right. I mean, they're like, can't even do it with a mask on. And you can't even do it loudly. I mean, that makes me just want to fight. And I feel, you know, people say, well, why do the people stay? Of course, a lot of them are leaving. But you always say, well, it's because they're home. I mean, they've lived there in, yeah. in Northern California yeah. and hunted ducks for generations. Well, like, for the most, they don't want to have to leave. For they're, the most part, there's nobody bothering them. You know, right. California's a big place. Yeah. And, Except that, Jace, you, you, the taxes are out of control. Now you got this, the rolling brownouts. They don't even have power. You know, because of all these crazy, you know, yeah, but now they that, could say that about us. They're like, well, look at New Orleans, you know, during Mardi Gras. I mean, that's a well, million, I wouldn't that go might as well be a million miles away. Which is me. funny that you're right, because when you say Louisiana, most people's only connection is to New Orleans. Say, oh, yeah, you, you guys are near New Orleans. I said, no, we're, we're five hours from there. We don't go there. <laughs> well, I stay away from places that smell like vomit 24 hours a day. <laughs> is that just a general rule? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. There's a lot of people getting drunk when you get out of the bus or <laughs> the car, and you're like, "What's that smell? That's vomit." vomit. <laughs> well, we have a new brother from that area. He said close to New Orleans, right up from New Orleans. Some of oh, from uh, yesterday. You, you baptized him? yesterday. I, I had sister baptized him. Oh, look, it's great food, and, and and I have some friends in New Orleans, but a lot of that food is spilled on the sidewalks mm. a few hours later and after quite a few adult beverages. Yep. Well, one of our longtime listeners, Ian, uh, we baptized him uh, last year, I think. He uh, he and I still communicate some, and he told me, he was like, you know, I've always loved New Orleans. I mean, he's been there for generations, and there's so much about the city, the history of it, his parents. But he said, you know, for the first time, you know, since he came to Christ and kind of had a new vision of living, he was like, I just don't know that I want to stay here. You know, and he's yep. still got his kids, his daughters are there. But so I know Ian's listening, but, you know, I, it just, it struck me. I thought, you know, it's a lot of people that have relocated here. You know, you had a family in from New Jersey the other in night. In fact, we baptized them all. And yesterday, uh, Jojo, uh, we baptized their parents and one of their children. But yesterday, 
the guy from New Orleans was there and another guy from Texas. So they said they wanted us to baptize him. And I, after I preached the gospel to him, I just turned to that boy that had not been baptized over there. And uh, I said, you, you want to you join these guys? They, we fed them supper the other night, you know, and did a little preaching to them. But I said, you want to join these guys? He said, yeah. I do. I said, come on. All you need to do is ask. That's right. I just ask. So you want to join these two guys up here or what there, Joe Joe? He said, yeah, I believe it will. Come on. I said, come on, boy. Which is all what I've always loved about Dad is that he doesn't mind just asking it. I mean, if somebody yeah. just says, no, I don't think I'm ready. But I've shared stories. We just moved to Louisiana, and they're from New Jersey, and he was telling me the the places to, you know, I said, can you can you hunt anything up in there? Can you? He said, not really. He said, there's some kind of woods on the edge of it that there's actually trees. And but What yeah. he told me that struck me was when I met him, he said, he said, you know, Al, he said, I, I've lived up there most of my life. He said, so for the last 25 or 30 years, I've been surrounded by the angriest, meanest people on the planet. Everybody mm-hmm. is mad at somebody. You do one thing, they're on your case. Your neighbors are, it's anti what we would see here. And he said, you know, we moved down here and then a hurricane hit within two weeks and a tree fell across my house. He said, I had neighbors, people coming up. I'd never met chainsaws or cutting stuff off. The next day the church showed up with a bunch of volunteers. He was like, we were in culture shock. Yeah. Now that is something good about the South and, and, and you know what they call a Bible belt. Cause like my neighbor, the California yeah. neighbors, I bet I three Saturdays in a row all day running that chainsaw. You know, what's funny is is his wife bought me uh what do you call those uh like chaps or whatever for chainsaw. She yeah. she was worried, which I was. I'm not saying you shouldn't be safe, but I was like, you didn't have to buy. <laughs> she they felt bad. They were like, oh, you're doing all this sawing. We don't want you to be injured over here while you're doing it. Right. I'm like, no, this is pretty basic. We got it. But even when I gave him the crappie, which I did it again, I got him some more when I had a bunch. And his wife said, this is just so organic. <laughs> and I was thinking, she I mean, in her mind, you just went down there and you got it. And you cleaned them and you just ate them. We, it's just organic. <laughs> Which is funny because them being from California, right, is still in them, the organic yeah. lifestyle. But it really isn't organic. We were we, we grew up, we were organic before it was a thing. They ought to yeah, call I'd us. Yeah, I've used that now. A group yeah. of Mr. Organics is all we are. <laughs> That's right. We, started. we have Duck and Dressing coming up Wednesday, Miss Kay said. Thanksgiving. Let's get together. Well, are think, you going to use those teal we shot today? Yep. Actually, I, I think this episode will air the day after Thanksgiving. So, okay. But at the same time, uh, I, I know that, Dad, you're going to be looking forward to Black Friday. That's one of your big days of the year, right? What, well, do you, what is Black Friday? Oh, that's when the women stampede? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I heard about it. but no. I thought you were going to go up there with Miss Kay. And instead, no. of hunt, instead of hunting that day, you'd be outside of Walmart at, well, at this 4 a.m. I'm going to make a pack because every year. I don't wait when, in line in town for anything. Well, every year when it comes duck season, because the duck season days run together. Every day after a while seems like you don't know what day it is. and. But when I go up on Friday, I'm like, what is going on? Because you can't, it, it takes you twice as long just to get to the house. <laughs> so this oh. year I'm going to be prepared. Well, I wonder if the, if the COVID will change that, or do you think people I still just it. go crazy? I mean, no, I Al brought us the chicken and biscuits fresh from town. They were still warm today. And I said, that was kind of a, that was a lifesaver for y'all, wasn't it, coming out I of I mean, that after saying, well, these are, these are good. I mean, I wouldn't be so bold to drive up there and <laughs> yeah. get in the line with the, and go buy them. I'm, no, but you don't mind if I would do that to well, bring it to. I say you did a good deed there, and you keep it up. Well, when you home. get up it, that's it. That's it. You can do this anytime you want to. I said, Dad, I usually bring chicken. When you get up, I go before. to town once a week, so that gives me. Four. And it's only on Sundays. That's why Dad never knew about Chick Fil A because they're closed on Sunday. You made it. There you go. I like those those taglines when people say. That feeling when you go to Chick Fil A, only to realize it's Sunday. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> mad oh, face. Mad. You know. Let's take a break. 
So, Dad, I don't know if you knew this or not, but on uh, Blaze TV, uh, Blaze Media, their merchandising shop, this cup with your picture on it is their best-selling item. That's disturbing. <laughs> so not not Mark Levin, not Glenn Beck. It's old PR with his little bandana and sunglasses on. Now this one, this one's one of the newer ones. It also has on the other side because we did this with the book. I ride with King Jesus. Now that's, yeah. which that's now a pretty that's cool exciting. thing to have. On we went the from disturbing <laughs> to exciting. So anyway, you want to check out some of their gear. Uh, unashamed merch. M e r c h. That's one word. Unashamedmerch.com. You can find all the stuff they got there. Uh, also, we talk about it from time to time. If you'd like to be able to subscribe to Dad's show, uh, In the Woods with Phil, you go to blazetv.com slash unashamed. You get 30 days free, and you get $10 off, which is really good. So now's a good time to do that. It's a great Christmas idea uh, to give somebody. Dad has about, I think we're almost up to 800 episodes or something like that um, That's on, that we've done. Can you believe that? It's somewhere between six and eight hundred, but uh, they're little video blogs and a lot of dad, a lot of stuff, you know that uh, that you don't get on the podcast. So get check them out for some merch, or also subscribe to Blaze TV. No, so but you're right, and you know it's interesting, Dad. I thought about it. Just is this just as a point? You saw this still ongoing about the election, still hadn't got stuff decided, back and forth. And you go if you ever would go drive by Chick Fil A. Especially our one here in town, you talk about running some volume through a place. Oh, if the if Chick Fil A were to take over counting votes in America, they said the president's going to give you a commission. Chick Fil A, you figure out how to do this thing. We would have everything. Would we? You'd know everything by ten o'clock that night. It can be done, Al. But the reason it's not done is the electorate. We've gotten so corrupt, yeah. we can't even count votes anymore. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, honestly count. But, them. you know, because if you talk about efficient, is that not the most efficient? I mean, it's Jason efficient. and I live in town, so we know. I, I, I can't even go to another fast food place anyway because I, then you're sitting there in line half the well, day. I Chick-fil-A, that was, that was, they were, I would say today, when I stopped by and got those biscuits for y'all, I was in the, in the process of about 50 cars, and we did it in seven and a half minutes. 50, 50 cars went through the drive through in less than eight minutes today. Now, you got to have a system. That's a well oil machine. Oh, they're yeah. out there in the well, parking lot. They're taking your order in your car, and then you you know, you know come by, the food's ready. Well, here's the problem. We can, we can blame whoever we want to, but we can't count ducks. So, <laughs> I mean, I asked today. We, I mean, we, it's constantly changing. I mean, you're saying, uh, is there somebody in here that can count? I mean... <laughs> You need to put Phyllis I mean, in charge. One time of that. She's we were smart. at twenty and we shot some, and then we were down to seventeen. <laughs> and I thought they were joking, but I was like, "No." So I was like, well, "What you happened were to wrong <laughs> Earlier, well, they were saying we killed four on that round, but you know, oh, but then you didn't pick up. Well, that's what the happened because uh, I people, of course, because you got human dogs today, right? You didn't have your dogs. Phyllis is that's why I'm so tired. Yeah, and we basically. And Phil treats us the same. Oh, no, I sat on the left. Back, further back. He didn't fall right there. You're gonna they're get... actually better than dogs, but they'll wear out quicker. That's right, because the dog never complains, well, Jay, right? he's usually running around, but he wasn't today. So he's I, not quite been himself. So I yeah. kept... A human, you'd say, go left. He's left. He fell to the left. And, and, and they go left. But a dog, so, you got to give him the right, full hand. Blow your whistle. He got to turn around yeah. and look. Well, that's the problem is a human, though, will argue with you. <laughs> that's right. He'll stop the dog. Well, and complain so, about okay. it. That's right. The yeah. dog never We're does back that. on the dogs again. <laughs> but at least you don't whine as much. As I don't know. <laughs> I was tired. That's why we were so hungry, because when you get up before 4 o'clock, your whole body change by ten o'clock. You you'll run through a wall for a chicken biscuit. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you, just the hunger. I don't understand what 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 is going on. But yeah, I when I so. came in today with that bag of biscuits, I have to say you boys perked up. I was I like, mean, you handed me a biscuit, and I was like, <laughs> are there any more? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had two more. I was going to give to Godwin and uh, Jay, but they never showed up. So oh, there you go. Y'all got to eat there. So I guess we get back to John eighteen. Uh, And finish up that discussion we started last time. Um, Which, by the way, we're going to do Thanksgiving 
What are we doing out here? Are we doing it with Phil? I think we're doing it with Phil. Phil does the duck and dressing, and then we'll do the sea. Do we do the seafood? No, that's Christmas. Well, we do, though. I think so. My, because you know what happened? John Gimber's fried turkey in my dressing. dressing. But then I got a smoked ham. But we usually do it the night before Thanksgiving. That's right. Wednesday is our day. So on Thanksgiving, I have Missy's family come in. Oh, that's when you do that. You talk. Well, what happened was. Because they're from Yuppieville too, I hope they're not listening. But <laughs> and so somewhere in there, I've noticed that through the years now they're leaning toward. Let's uh, do you have any deer? Because you know they'll come by and I'm right. cooking a little deer. Right. They eat that and they're like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever eaten." So we've gravitated towards seafood, deer. Things like that, which is kind of like we do for our Christmas because we don't want to repeat. The whole turkey, ham, well, right. right, and all that. I mean, I'll eat turkey once, <laughs> and then the next day, let's move on. But I'll eat a deer. I eat a deer every day. Right. You know. Right. So I'm kind of excited. About well, the Robertson spread is always, I mean, it, it's traditional, but it's, I mean, it's extensive. You know, just because we do, Gimber uh, fries three turkeys, or maybe four, because, I mean, we're our, our family's getting huge. That's why yeah, we've been is. meeting at Willie's. It's so big. Cause I like them mustard-based fried turkeys. Yeah, I mean, there's something the bark them. on them is what makes it. I mean, Which it's mustard and mustard? It's just peanut oil. Mustard and peanut oil, I think. I think that's it. You don't put flour, does it? They got that. But it doesn't taste like mustard. No, it doesn't. Well, it's just like a crappie. You don't yeah. taste it on them either. It's just that bark that's on there. And, of course, Dad's duck and dressing. I mean... Dad, you got that. Like, I think yours is even better than Granny's, which was the original, but you mm. got that down. I it's, watched her make it, and she asked me, she said, how come you're always standing here when I'm making this? I said, I'm not going to forget how you're making it because I like it. That's exactly right. I said, I'm yeah. going to make that, Mom, just like you make it. Yeah, and you usually have a, a little, uh, hopefully some green wing teal in there, yeah. which the baked duck is really good if it's with dressing. Well, that's what made yeah. me so happy today. I mean, we killed a bunch of ducks. First two days, but it was there was just a frustrating hunt. But today, M three green wing teal came left or right because that's the first green wing teal. We killed one single uh, Sunday, but because I thought, okay, those are your eating ducks. <laughs> that's right. For you non duck hunters, that is the greatest eating duck it's out good. there. I yeah, think. So it's just we got the we got the Thanksgiving ducks on the third day. Woody's and teal. Yep, they're the best. They're the best. And you use the so when you do your dressing. Uh, you use the duck fat. I mean, you boil the duck. So is that that duck stock is what you put into duck the stock. dressing? That's okay. what makes it. That's what makes it so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, duck, the fat on duck, most people don't know this. I mean, it's really the best part of the duck. It's cornbread, onions, bell pepper, and so celery. So you cook the cornbread first and then just yep. have it. it ready and uh, put in some, uh, say, a rack of Ritz crackers and about two racks of saltine crackers. And uh, you get all that crushed up. And then you put your heavy veggies sauteed, which is what's the onions, veggies? bell pepper, and celery. All right, cook that down where L- they're done. Louisiana Trinity. It, plus, it's a pretty good pile of it for that much dressing. You put that over in there, then you cut it with with uh, duck broth, and and you get it to where it's the right consistency. About a one can of pet milk. Check it for salt. You salt the cornbread and all, but just check it for salt and black pepper a little bit, and you stir it around mm-hmm. there and. And then the ducks you boil to get the broth, yep. the duck broth, you just take them. And I usually strategically place them like all the way around. It's a big pot like yep. that, huge pot. I just go all the way around like three woodies in the middle yep. and circle by the wood for, for the teal. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I didn't realize the whole presentation. You have a whole oh, way. It's, it's when you lift the lid, people, whoa. <laughs> 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 I've seen it before. It's like, ooh. Yeah. But Dad's is. And a, this is a, not a dry dressing. Yeah, I was going to say, most people's dressing is dry dressing, which I don't care this much This is moist. For. This is moist. Not runny, but right. moist. Exactly. You which can't just makes eat, it good. Runny's on it. And I never ate it as a kid when Granny made it because, you know, oh, it's got onions and it's got this. And now, I mean, it's so delicious. I'm like, you idiot. It's you, good. 30 years you never ate this. You girls, are, you just heard that. it. It's an easy recipe, but you do have to have ducks. The chicken's fine, but ducks are better. Yeah, and some people use turkey for it, but ducks are far superior. Ducks make the best dressing. Let's take another break. So, yeah, that's that's been our tradition, which has been really good. And then we, we did it that way so we could do 
our family on Wednesday and then other people's mm-hmm. family on. And of course, it kind of started because I used to work for the church and we wouldn't meet on that Wednesday night, so it was a better time for me. But you know, a lot of people have that same problem. You have kids, and then all of a sudden they're visiting their family and trying to deal with all that. And I can't imagine where families have trouble yeah. getting together. So I say the number one rule is you got to have great food. Yep. I'm telling you, people are happier and they're more thankful. That is true. When you're eating well, that's yep. exactly Don't right. go buy some dry, crappy stuff. You know, yeah, and say, "Well, I, I don't know why everybody's so upset." I know why, because <laughs> they're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Al, uh, I just noticed uh, you what you put there. You said, "Notice what happens when you can win a debate with ideas," and and I've spoken openly to the world. Jesus replied. I always taught at synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him on the face. Mm. And and Jesus said, is this the way you answer the high priest? Is this the way you answer the high priest? He demanded. Well, it reminds me of when the guy came up and asked me about it. It was a homosexual behavior, a sin, and I just quoted a verse mm-hmm. First Corinthians that, that, that the Lord Jesus, being God in flesh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, had written down. So I just quoted what was written way back 2,000 years ago. But all the people who got offended didn't know that was a Bible verse. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but they came after me just like him. Yep. They said, what are you doing? I mean, that are you, that idiot, it's out there. And I thought, they don't, they don't know it's a Bible verse. Yeah. So after a couple of weeks, somebody finally said, he just quoted a Bible verse. Right. He said, where the list of sins, mm-hmm. you know, Secular immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, the male prostitutes, the homosexual offenders, and and greedy, thieves, drunks, slanders, swindlers. That's about 10 of them. And it was all in the text. Well, I just quoted it, but I didn't say, look in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. I just quoted the verse when he asked me, did I think it was sin? I said, well, give him a verse that way. If they get mad. It's not what you think. It's what the Bible says. That way they won't get mad at me. It was a good attempt and your point because i was sitting there when you when you quoted the verse is which is the beautiful part of what jesus does and why he even went through this hour of darkness it says and that is what some of you were were. but you were washed you were sanctified gave them that made made holy in the name of jesus you notice they conveniently left that out all right, I think that got purposely omitted <laughs> from they left the article. Part out well, so here's the it's a great thought you bring this up because I think it's exactly what we're dealing with here between the Jewish leaders, between Pontius Pilate, Herod, all these other ones, and then the evil one is they have to create a narrative. That that man came down here with a narrative in his mind. Yep, he already knew what he was going to do. The questions were irrelevant. <clears throat> this is what happened here in this. If situation. I had known. What he had just asked Jace, but Jace was sitting across the room a little bit, right. and I didn't know that the guy who unleashed this news media on me and everybody else, I didn't realize what he had just said to Jace. If I had known, I, I might have been a little more tactful. I just, but, was, but, but quoting the verse is pretty tactful. But anyway, well, he came to Jace and said, do you really expect us to believe that you had never had sex with your girlfriend before you married her? Yeah. Jace, Jace, what was your reply? I said, I don't care if you believe it or not. I... <laughs> <laughs> he had heard that. All, he got it off the Internet. I guess he had heard one of my speeches, yep. and I had made mention of that. And my point was not that I was bragging. I was just saying, I'm going to trust that God's way is the best way. That's what he said. And then I usually do a little deal about I'm having the greatest sex on earth. Disease free, comparison free, yeah. shame free. I mean, there's a lot of the so, pretty nice things about it. So, yeah. the, so the point of the whole thing was, <clears throat> Duck Dynasty. Whoo, man! Millions of people are watching. I didn't know. You know, that nobody many would rally for me. Nobody thought, really knew about, much it was, about us. It was I mean, about selling magazines. It was about, but it was also about his goal. 
He had an agenda. Was to take us down. Yeah. And a notch. You know, let me just tell you who these people really are. And there, you know why I know that's right? Because it, to this day, if if you found the guy that wrote that and you went to his website, one of his taglines under his accomplishments is the man who took Duck Dynasty down. I mean, that's what he has which on his he, website. Which it depends on what your definition of down. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're still here. That, yeah. The funny thing about it was it, it didn't cancel us. I mean, maybe yeah. for some people it did, but I mean, for the I'd well, say we're still rocking the line, which is what our culture does. That's why we're so divided. Everybody wants to pick a side, and there ain't but two, and so you kind of got the far right and the far left, and everybody make up all this stuff about well, the five percent is what elects people, but you know, we're we're just a divided country. Right. So if a lot of people, if you because when the show first came out, it blurred that line. People just watched it because it was funny. They liked in it. In my opinion, it was funny. They liked it. But so the far left said, well, wait a minute here. We can't have our people watching those people. So <laughs> dig some dirt up and let's Somebody see. go do an expose. Well, well, right. Oh, no, these people love Jesus. <laughs> you know, I told you all that story the other day. I mean, this is a bizarre story, but. Hang on, before you tell that, let's take uh, one last break. I walk into a convenience store. Yeah, this was bizarre. It's 4.30 in the morning. I'm not thinking clearly, but I'm just saying. (laughs) 4.30, you know. So I've got some duck blind. It's opening day of duck season. I'm excited, you know. i got some few knickknacks here at the store. There's nobody there. I'm the, the hideous nature of this coronavirus thing. This guy behind the cash register is about eight feet away from me. There's plexiglass. There's a thing. I'd never stopped at this store where you put your money underneath uh, up underneath. And but I mean, we're so far apart. I'm like, hey, you ready? <laughs> so I'm. He says, what the money? Whatever it is, fourteen, fifteen. So I take a twenty and a quarter, and I like kind of toss the money toward the tray because I'm thinking. They're big on social distancing here. Yeah, you're not one to. So, and I'm looking back, like getting because I have a hole in my wallet. I drop coins everywhere. I need a new wallet. So, because I noticed there was a coin coming out. So I'm like, I toss the money, and he says, "Why you throw the money at me?" And he was like, real thick accent. Not you know, I'm sure he not from around here. He's yeah, not Middle Eastern of some sort. And so I went, do what? Because he said it kind of rudely. Brusquely. Yeah. I was like, why did you throw the money at me? I was like, oh, no, I didn't throw it. I just, we're so far away, I just kind of tossed it. And it didn't, as you see, it didn't get halfway there. I thought he was kind of kidding that it was a terrible toss. And he's like, he took the money and he said, here's what you do. And he slammed the money down and he shoved it toward me. I said, this guy's a, he's having a bad day. I said, well, look, it definitely wasn't anything personal. Cause I, here's what I said. I love everybody. Cause I love Jesus. Uh-oh. Well, 99% of the time when I say something like that, that's a, that's, that diffuses things. Yeah. People say, Oh, Oh, he didn't like that. It got worse. <laughs> now, you know, he's hot. I brought up Jesus. You, you dropped Jesus out of And so probably not a Jesus. He's looking man. at me. He's like, you should not throw money at me. I said, well, do you want the money or not? He went, no. I said, okay. I got the money. I left the stuff and I walked out. <laughs> I will never be back here. I just thought it was the craziest thing, but I'm bringing that up because when I brought up Jesus, it just took a turn for the worse. Yeah. And then I realized, you know what? Probably doing things you shouldn't be doing. Mad at the world. I mean, literally, I'm telling you, I did nothing to invoke Maybe a follower this. of Allah. Probably. Maybe. But when I, there's a narrative. That's why when you said that about narrative, yep. I thought about that. Yep. I was like, in his mind, he thinks I think I'm better than him because yep. I've been in America my whole life. And, oh, oh you're going to pull the Jesus card on me and you love me? No, I'm not going to let you love me. Mm. That, that's what I felt. And he was willing to for you to never come back. So, I mean, even just – usually these guys are pretty, like, friendly because they want business, you know. Yeah, I said I'm never coming back. He said, good. 
<laughs> and you tell me where it was. I'm never going there. I, you know, I've never yeah. been in that. I was store. like, "What's going on here? I'm trying to give you my money." And and the toss was, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. He took that as a and look, insult. I, I want to be clear. There's plexiglass that I'm pretty sure I couldn't have shot a gun through. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's not like, yeah. It was anybody in danger from a quarter bouncing <laughs> on on the counter? I just thought it was a strange thing. But my go-to is when there's a confrontation, which this one shocked me because I didn't do anything. That I bring up Jesus because I thought I'm gonna let you know where I stand. And, and I said it's not personal. I was halfway apologizing, so yeah. it was not my intent. Right. I, I just didn't. I mean, I was we're we're a long way apart, buddy. That's kind of what I was doing. Ha ha. No, ha ha. Yeah, he's, he had an issue. <laughs> yeah. When that was that was my point about this whole thing. And I, and to be honest with you, I'd never. I've studied John many times. I've taught it, and I guess it's because of where we are now as a people and where we are in our country. But I never realized how political this amphitheater was around Jesus in this moment, because he was the only one that was telling the truth, and everybody else had a narrative. I mean, the Jewish leadership they wanted to kill him. Because they wanted to shut him up. Remember, they, yeah, they, I mean, that was their. You referred to old Pilate as hold on to power without being boxed in by truth. Exactly. Which, Boy, you talk about a statement out you know, of this it, day Isn't day. it sad, though, in our society as human beings that God knew the one thing he could count on was the hypocrisy of religious leaders That's and right. political people? Yep. To do what shouldn't be done. And you put them yep. together in this situation, and that's what they came up with. So look, yep. Pilate the whole time doesn't want to execute Jesus. He don't want to have anything to do with it. And what's funny is I didn't bring it up in my sermon yesterday, but his wife had a dream during all this that's going on with him and Jesus. And she tells him, she said, don't have anything to do with that man because I've had a dream and I've suffered greatly because of it. Which I've always thought that was super weird because I thought, where did that come from? Like, I mean, I think is that God from the Almighty? Does communicate in dream? I mean, because I, I, you probably have had the same thing oh, happen. Yeah. A lot of the sermons I've given, I woke up, yeah, yeah. literally. It's like, where's the pen? <laughs> think about it, Al. Look, uh, Roman rule without uprises. That's the way you got, we got to roll here. Because that was his job. Just no, no. Remain popular. Without extreme positions, that's you're, right. You're like, this Stay month. in the middle. Well, I'll be pragmatic without offending anyone. Yep. So you put all these together, hold on to power without being boxed in by the truth. Yep. Al, I got a question for you. What's changed? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. When I looked at this and I saw Pilate's response to it, it's exactly what we see today. Exactly. Exact it's same like these thing. news channels, though. <clears throat> That you talk about that narrative, the truth is irrelevant. That's right. Whatever happens, that's the last thing they want is the truth. You spin it. I mean, yeah, Phil brought up the controversy with us. What I noticed is, is all the conservative outlets. Well, they were all nice. Mm-hmm. They were. It, they never had. They never asked. Well, what exactly happened? Which would have been a good question. <laughs> I wanted to tell it. There was one part, uh, the Sean Hannity actually called me while I was duck hunting. I don't know how he got my number. <laughs> and I don't know why I answered, to be honest. But he tells he, that story. He, so he funny. said, what, what, what happened? Uh, no, that was a good question. Yeah. But none of the rest of them, they didn't ask what happened. Because everybody had painted their own narrative. It didn't matter you, what you happened. You just didn't matter. No matter what happened. And I see the same thing with the president. Oh, yeah. That they just picked the side without getting the facts. Right. So old, in the old days, you know, they would just report the actual news, say, here's what happened. Those days gone. are over. They're gone. Now yeah. they want to tell you why and why it shouldn't have happened. I mean, it, it's pretty well, sad. Well, I did get the gospel preached to all of them before it's over because every time they would stick a microphone in my face for six months, <laughs> and they would say, would you give us an interview? Dad, Dad did yeah. a press conference every Sunday yeah. in his Bible class. I said, go right up the <laughs> stairs right over there. I said, I'll be there in five minutes. You get the interview. They all would hustle the cameraman, and they'd all jam into the room, Al. And I said, I got them, got them inside the, the within hearing range. So I would preach the gospel to well, him. I remember it. And it all finally ended up about six months later. One of them walked up there and said, will you give us an interview? I said, you just had it, 45 minutes. <laughs> I said, do I seem like a hater to you? She said, 
Not at all, Mr. Robinson. But I remember, said, we had. I said, put that on TV, would you? But it never made it. But nope. remember, look, we had like, I don't know, Good Morning America came to my house. And they we did a live breakfast with the crew of Duck Dynasty. You know, it was, we're getting we're on the show. I don't know if you you were there or not, mm, but it was me. It was uh, you know my family and Miss Kay was there for some odd reason. And so as soon as they opened, we're talking about live TV. Of course, it's not too long after yeah. that controversy. The whoever the newswoman is, I mean, it's like five, four, three, two, one. You're on. She, we're here, Jace, you know, the Duck Dynasty. And she looked over and she said, okay, would you love a gay baby? Now, that was the first question live, which it was awesome <laughs> that she asked Kay that. Because, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, how, the baby, how do you know it's gay? I was thinking this. And Kay said, you mean a happy Kay baby? Kay said, of course, I love all babies. <laughs> So, I love because I mean, Kay doesn't have a malicious bone no. in her body, you know. She's like, but I thought to myself, they probably had a meeting somewhere, and they're and they're like, try to shake them, shake them up, ask them like, yeah, some kind you know, of question. some kind of question. refer it back to the controversy. You know, and I, I just thought to myself, this is coming from a narrative that totally destroyed whatever you were trying to accomplish with let's have a breakfast in here because i know a lot of people it's the same thing with that question is it's the same thing we talked about before with oh what's his name used to be on nbc that the matt lyer remember soon the first question was like do you expect us to believe this show isn't scripted i mean you're like is is that where we're we're here to talk about that remember it was just the same deal it's like yeah but that's the the narrative the narrative is you're popular we don't like your politics. We don't like where you're from. We don't like your your faith. We don't like your faith, and so we're going to attack you. <laughs> that's where that's so. this is what spawned what now is known as the cancel culture, right. which is their go. We were one of the early ones in that whole thing. Thank well, you. Well, yeah, that. people try to try to cancel you, which the people who are cancel me. Okay. I have an upcoming... <laughs> Do you sit a, around and cry at night? We were really kind of canceled anyway. I have an upcoming anyway. book expecting that within a few months yep. about that very the issue, disparity. the cancel culture. Dad's got a really interesting take. Uh, the only thing uh, I like, every time I hear that word cancel, I think of that verse in Colossians. I don't know, you're diving into it. I know, but I'm just saying. You're writing the book, right? It's because I preached that sermon about three times, and these people who keep trying to put us under some legal code, right. I'm like, what does canceled mean? <laughs> he canceled the written code. But people say, but not really. Yeah. All right, we're out of time. Good stuff. Happy Black Friday. May your aim always be true. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.